We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Veterans Minimum. Your boy Lamb here at the Lamb Show on all social media outlets. I hope you guys had a lovely, lovely weekend. It is draft week for your boy. If you guys haven't listened to the episode last week, we did some fantasy stories, some fantasy files. With that being said, enough about me because I am joined by a very special guest, uh, a lovely lady. I've been trying to get on the podcast now for Jess. How long would you say I've been? we've been trying to set this up for? Probably like three years now. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I'm a terrible host at the moment. But Jess, Jesse Russell from Pigskins and Pageantry Podcast. They are the official, the quote unquote official Twitter for the best SEC podcast in all of time and space. (laughs) I was on their show last week. Shout out to Wes and to Matt talking about the sec and some college football stuff they needed some betting insight but jess how are you welcome to the show thanks i'm glad to finally be on here it's uh it's cool to come from someone who listened to veterans minimum um and dude you and i connected on twitter i'm pretty sure our first like conversation on twitter was us going back and forth about like franchise tags so uh it's cool to finally get to be on the show yeah, you've always given me shit for being an adopted uh, LSU Tigers fan, though my though my allegiance has sort of diminished a little bit since my guy Odell is no longer with the Giants. 
Yeah, um, for those, because now they're going to wonder why I hate LSU so much. Um, I am a very loud and proud Alabama alumni. I went there for my bachelor's and my master's. Used to work at Alabama. I did sideline and post-game reporting for them. I covered about 13 out of the 25 UA sports while I was there. Did PR for Alabama Adopted Athletics at some point, too. Uh, and then ended up moving up to Chicago and did social media for the Big Ten for a little bit. So um, my allegiance lies in Alabama, and I am going to try to be as non-biased as possible. <laughs> what's What's funny is, yeah, you might have some trouble with that. I got to be honest, because we've had we've had some conversations in the past, and uh, you know, my allegiance with college football is because I'm a piece of shit and I'm a degenerate. Sort of lies <laughs> with the team that I like to put my money on. So I've given you some uh, BS in the past about Clemson and whatnot. But you know what? I'm not even mad at all about that because you've been on a super high horse with Alabama the last, like, decade. <laughs> See, but for me, it's like I get it. I get why people are annoyed with Bama. I, I understand. However, I like to say I grew up a Bama fan. My entire family is from southeastern Alabama. So I was born into this. I didn't have a choice. Um, and I remember when we sucked. I remember the Mike Shula day. So for all of you people that think we're all bandwagon fans, we are not. Um, and I think you can say that I, I tend to be a little humble now. Like I can, I can undersell us a little bit. Yeah, I think that's sort of like a hedge, though. I think you do that so that when a shellacking like that national championship game happens, you, you, know, you kind of get brought down to earth a little bit. Dude, I cried. There were real, real tears that happened that night. And I'm still um, working through the emotions. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you mentioned something in passing just now about like you were born into it. And one of the things I've been the most fascinated with, uh, I've been a football fan for pretty much my whole life. And I've gotten to be a bigger college football fan just the last maybe I'd say six, seven years, uh, because I read a famous quote from someone who is a professional sports better that said, you become a smarter fan on Sundays if you watch on Saturdays. So okay. I started to do that. And then obviously the Giants draft Odell Beckham Jr. I've said this, po uh, this story on the podcast many times, how one night in New York City, fun fact about New York City, guys, if you've never been here, there's about... 150,000 bars. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but every single bar just has a alumni bar of some kind. Mm -hmm. Or it's like there's a Seattle Seahawks bar, which is super random because that's literally on the other side of the coast. Uh, there's like a Vancouver Canucks bar, too. And you're like, how the hell is this here? So one night, bar hopping in the city, I think the guys and I went to a New York Rangers game, and then we're like, hey, you know, it's 930, it's still early, we're never really in the city, despite living so close to New York City, um, you know, the borough of Manhattan, we're like, let's bar hop, and then we go to this bar, Legends, and it's an LSU alumni bar, and at the time, uh, this was when, when, like, Ole Miss and Mississippi State were, like, 1-2 in the country, you remember that? Mm-hmm. So then from there, uh, I forgot who they were playing, but they, there was like cowbells and whatnot because um, – who's the team with the Cowboys? And, uh, Miss, cowbells. cowbells is Mississippi State. Okay, so Ole Miss was playing then. They were playing LSU, and everyone there with the, with the Cowbells were like, yo, we got to root for the Tigers. 
because we need them to lose and whatnot. And they gave us like these uh, uh, these beads and these like Hawaiian necklaces and shit. We're like, all right, I guess I'm down with LSU. So, I'll, you know, give me some free beer and free merch. <laughs> uh, I kind of convert. Hey, come visit me and I will give you all the free beer and merch if you will convert that god awful tiger love to some uh, Crimson Tide love. So this Crimson Tide love, right? I've always just been fascinated with the culture of more so college football in the South, right? Like, is it really as crazy as people make it out to be? It absolutely is. I always reference this as um, if you ever remember seeing this ESPN commercial, it came out probably nine years ago now um, where it's in Tuscaloosa and it's everybody saying like roll tide for everything. You know, someone opens the door, it's roll tide, pass the ketchup, roll tide. You're at a funeral, roll tide, a wedding, roll tide. It's everything. Um, and that is legitimately how life in Tuscaloosa is. And anywhere you go in the SEC, we are so ingrained in our sports. I took the Alabama tour before I, uh, I even, you know, said I was going to go there and we're, we're going around campus and we start to pass Bryant Denny stadium. And I'll never forget the tour guide goes, uh, you know, we just passed all the churches, but this is where we worship on Saturdays. And that is legitimately what it is. Football is religion down there. Um, everybody is so ingrained in their team. They're so passionate about their team. I, I mean, I grew up, like I said, I grew up a Bama fan. I was dressed in Crimson Tide gear from birth. And, I mean, even before I could understand football, I knew that you said Roll Tide, and I knew that you did not say War Eagle, and you didn't like people that said War Eagle. Like, that's – I knew that. Um, my mother has told me we don't date Auburn fans <laughs> and, or LSU fans because in my household, we don't like LSU just as much as we don't like Auburn. It's just our thing. And – uh it's also funny. My mom has also said she will not pay for a wedding on a football Saturday. It has to be a bye week or it has to be outside of football season. And she is dead serious. So it truly is a religion down there. But for someone like me who is from the South, went to the school in the SEC, I live in Chicago now. So I'm in the middle of Big Ten country. And now it's like if you meet another SEC fan, you're just automatically bonded. You know, you can talk about things that happen in college that, no offense to other conferences, but it's just not the same there. You know, our girls, when we go to football games, we dress up. I have game day dresses. I do not wear T-shirts to a game. I wouldn't be caught dead in a T-shirt at a football game on a Crimson Tide Saturday. You just won't see it. Uh, our boys wear button-downs, khakis, loafers. Like, we dress to the nines. It's all about the pageantry in the SEC, and that's exactly why, you know, our podcast is called Pigskins and Pageantry because it's so much about everything that surrounds football as much as it is the stuff that happens, you know, on the field. So when you're in Chicago and you meet someone who is from the SEC, but they're from one of those schools that your mother has blacklisted you from, <laughs> you know, how does that conversation go? It's actually kind of fun. Um, you meet someone, and if they're wearing an Auburn shirt, an LSU shirt, you know, I'll look at them and I'll say "Roll Tide," and they'll look at me and say "Go Tigers" or, or "Roll Eagle," "War Eagle," anything like that. And then it's like, "Hey, did you go there?" And if they say yes, it's one of those things where I'm like, "Oh, what years did you go?" And you always know somebody that went to that school because mm -hmm. um, the SEC is 
it's not small, but we generally know somebody that went there and you can kind of bond over how different things are for people in the Big Ten than they are for us in the SEC. And the SEC, the best way to describe it, I think, is a brotherhood. It's like, yeah, we will dog each other out. But the moment somebody else outside the conference or outside the family tries to do it, we're going to just turn on them together. Um, that's how it is with Alabama and Auburn. It is truly like little brothers. I mean, Alabama, we call Auburn little brother on the other side of the state. And yeah, it's a slide to Auburn. But it's also one of my favorite stories is I went to school there right after the tornado happened in 2011. So mm-hmm. April 27th, 2011, Tuscaloosa gets rocked. Um, you know, we had like 50 deaths. The town is gone. And the first group of people to come help us out were people from Auburn. Um, the Auburn football players came and they helped with the cleanup and everything. We are always going to be there for each other. We're always going to make fun of each other, but at the same time, we're going to be there for each other. It's a, it's a really cool, like I said, brotherhood that is, I think, really unique to the SEC. You see that a lot when people talk shit about the SEC and some of the scheduling and whatnot and, you know, out-of-conference scheduling and cupcakes. You know, you, you, know, you play Citadel and Liberty <laughs> and you beat them by 7,200 points and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, you know what? It's one of those things where, you know, I can make fun of my friend, but you can't make fun of my friend kind of thing. Yep. Absolutely. So- we, I mean, we're going to be the first ones to say like, oh, yeah, it's cupcake week. But mm. the moment you guys say it, we're like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't talk about my brother, you know? That's just how we are. Um and I can argue that other conferences do it too. Michigan, I'm looking at you starting with Middle Tennessee. <laughs> all right. And also, look who else you play. Like in the Big 10, Rutgers. Right. Sorry. No one's scared of you, Rutgers. <laughs> um we all have those schools. I mean, Michigan's playing Army. Uh, I'm just pulling up Michigan because everyone talks about them. But it it happens across all conferences. I think people expect so much out of the SEC because we have set such a standard for how football should be played. And no offense to other conferences, but we've dominated uh, the natties and even the playoffs or bowl games. We just show out there. So when we play a smaller school, everyone likes to make fun of us. But then when it comes to those big games, like those national championships, those playoff games, um, those conference championships, or even a bowl game, when it's the best from other conferences, we're still outdoing them. So if we play a cupcake, we play a cupcake. But when, you know, push comes to shove and we got to show out, we tend to do that. How far is Auburn from, I guess, Tuscaloosa? Would that be the... Yeah, Tuscaloosa. Um, it is about, I'd say about two hours. Oh, so it was kind of a hike for them to come over and, and help, which that, that's pretty cool, though. I didn't know all that. Yeah, I mean, it's about, yeah, it's about two hours um, straight down or straight up for them, uh, 280, Highway 280. You got to go through Birmingham. And, uh, yeah, it's, see, for us in the South, everything is super spread apart for the most part. So a two-hour drive, that's nothing. But, yeah, it's, it's really cool um, when – People like that do that stuff. You don't hear about those stories a lot. You hear about, you know, Harvey Updike poisoning a tree, which, by the way, he did not go to Bama, okay? He is he did not go there. He is just what I like to call a Walmart Bama fan. 
and mm. uh, <laughs> and he does not speak for the rest of us. We were all super upset about that, super embarrassed about that. So he is, you know, like banned from Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Man, that was crazy. I remember they did a, a thirty for thirty. <clears throat> excuse me on yep. the on uh, uh, War Eagle, I think against Roll Tide. It might have been, but it was a story of that rivalry. And it was always fascinating to me because I, I just love sports. And I, I've been trying, Jesse, for the longest time to go to an SEC game. Like, you have I, to. I really want to go. And one of my buddies, actually uh, Joe's older brother, Thomas, uh, he went down to Florida LSU about three years ago, I want to say. And they were playing in Gainesville. And he said, guys, it is the most absurd scene you will ever see. Uh, and I, I want to say that. LSU, LSU might have been good. Like they're always good until they play Alabama and they can't like you know they just like kick five field goals and whatnot. But it's like those rivalry games in the South are really really ridiculous. And in particular, how big is Auburn Alabama for for someone like me who's from New York? And I just like I listen to the stories. Can you as someone that's lived it? How big it's, is that? It's our Yankees Red Sox. Mm. It's. I mean, yeah, that's probably the best way I can put it. It's absolutely insane. Obviously, for game days, our towns shut down anyways. But when Auburn comes to Tuscaloosa or when, you know, Alabama goes to Auburn, it is everyone shows out. Everybody travels really well because it's within the state. So you're going to see just a massive amount of people in crimson, in orange, and the tailgating is like nothing you'd ever see. I mean, people have basically like mini homes set up on our quad. You've got it, some places or some people have like three flat screen TVs set up with an entertainment center. You have an entire tent full of food, full of booze. You walk up and all you have to do is say roll tide. And they're like, honey, do you want something to eat? Come here, grab a beer. <laughs> you know, That's I mean, great. it's it's just like that. Everybody is you know, friends and enemies that day. And it just gets, it's honestly hard to describe because I've never experienced anything like it at any other sporting event. Um, you know, I've been to big 10 football championship and it, it wasn't like that. And that was a, a conference championship. Right. You know, I've been to those big baseball games, NFL, whatever it is, there's just something so electric in the air and it's, yeah, it's something that I would tell everybody. You've got to go to an SEC football game. Um, I'm going to tell you to go to Alabama, but just go to one. It doesn't matter who it is. Just make sure they're playing another, um, you know, conference or um, in-conference person, and you're going to experience something so insane. But like I said, make sure you dress up. We're not doing T-shirts. <laughs> We're not wearing, you know. I mean, at Florida, they do wear the jorts. I'm not going to lie. They do do that, but – we like to dress nice. We like to look good. Um, if it's if it's a game, like an 11 o'clock game, you better be up at 6 a.m. and you better start pounding mimosas or whatever you want to drink because we get there and we show up and show out beforehand and then we drag ourselves into that stadium and we are absolute degenerates while looking absolutely amazing. I I definitely wouldn't be seen in jorts, uh, even if I was to fit in. And shout out to my guy Luke, who's a he's a Gator alum. But Luke, you're on your own there, buddy. Um, what what would you say is the biggest difference between uh, the SEC, the crowd, and like you said, the the pageantry and all that, and like 
a place like the Big Ten as someone now who is in Chicago and you've been to those games as well? Yeah, it's I think there's and I don't want to say there's more passion because there are obviously a lot. There's a lot of passion in the Big Ten and, and other conferences. But we I have to say it, it must be passion. We're just there and we are so invested. I mean, I've never seen so many people laugh, cry, yell. It's just you're honestly it feels like you're another player on the field. I know we're not the people with the 12th man, but that's what it feels like. Everybody in that stadium feels like you're on the field and you feel every hit, you feel every triumph. Um, and I, I like to think that at least for Alabama, I can, I can speak for Bama more than anything is we're pretty educated um, as far as the football rules. Right. So we're not going to sit there and be like, what's happening? What, mm-hmm. what are they doing? No, we're, we know, um, you know, we can tell you about the secondary. We can tell you about a touchback. We've, we know what's happening and we're ready to call plays from the stands. Um, it's, it's insane. It's honestly just something intangible. And I don't know if it's because we don't have a lot down there. <laughs> There's not a lot else to do, but watch football and get really invested. But, it, it pays off. Well, you bring up a good point because I do think one of the big appeals with college football in particular down in the South is, you know, like Tennessee, they got the Titans, but I don't know how big the Titans are in Tennessee, especially like they haven't really been that great over the last right. decade. You know, they've been nine and seven the last three years. Um, jury's still out on them. But like Alabama, you guys have no, uh, no professional teams at all. So you kind of nope. have to root for – Bama or for Auburn. Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's what everybody says. You know, they're like, oh, you're a Bama fan. You know, your family's from Alabama. So who's your NFL team? And I always tell them, in my household, you got to pick because, yeah, my parents are from Alabama. They didn't really watch the NFL. We didn't grow up, you know, watching Sunday football or Monday night football because it, it wasn't a big deal. We worshiped our team on Saturday and that was it. So, in the South, it is. There's not as many professional sports teams. Like you said, you have the Titans, um, you have the Saints, and then you have the Falcons. And I guess you could argue for the Florida teams, but Florida's its own weird thing. So, yeah, we in Alabama especially, it's you get to kind of pick. I know a lot of people in Alabama will go for the Saints. Um, mm. A lot will go for the Falcons. But it's really our college football is our ride or die. Do you – do people from Alabama follow players from Bama into the NFL? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can speak, especially for myself right now, going into a fantasy draft. Um, I will not, and I've had the option before. If you remember when Cam Newton was at just like the top, like he was one of the top ranked quarterbacks and still is really great now. Right. Um, I will not draft him. Oh, it's like that. I, I do not care. He could be the number one player in all of the draft. He could have just come off a Super Bowl MVP. I don't care. I will not draft Cam Newton. Oh, the hate is real. That's that's it. I won't do it. Um, now, my Bama boys, you will see across all teams when it comes to my fantasy, if I can grab a Bama guy, I'm going to grab a Bama guy. Man, do you know what would ever happen, Jesse, if I met Julio Jones? Because I love that guy. Dude, Julio is incredible. Watching him play in college – I wasn't, he graduated, or not graduated, he left right before uh, I got there. But just watching that boy run, 
Jesus. So it's a, it's a, it's like a inside joke. Um, and for those that listen to my sports betting show, and I do a daily fantasy stuff on there, and um, I'm not gonna obnoxiously just yell out Julio's name because it is late right now, and I'd probably get beat by my mother if I was to start screaming at this time. <laughs> but I, Julio Jones, there's one thing I'll say about him. He's probably my favorite wide receiver over the last like five six years in the NFL, and no one has won me and cost me more money playing fantasy football right? than Julio Jones. Right? It's it's a, he's so fun to watch. He's an absolute man beast. Uh, I I just remember I remember in, in particular he made this one catch when he was at Bama where he kind of like dove out with one hand, yep. caught it, landed and then stood up and kind of did like the Kanye shrug kind of. <laughs> it was just like posing over there. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't know that. I thought that once the Bama guys go into the NFL, it's kind of like, all right, good luck on your future endeavors kind of thing. No, I, for at least everybody I know, we want them all to be successful. I mean, we watch the draft. We're super interested to see where they go. Um, my <laughs> bachelor's graduation was on the night of the NFL draft, and I was sitting in Coleman Galiseum waiting for my name to be called watching the NFL draft on my phone and like texting my parents who were sitting in the stands and being like, Hey, so-and-so went at this round, like they're going to this team. And my mother texted back and she was like, only my child would do this during their own graduation from college. It, I mean, it's just, I want to make sure that my guys are going somewhere good. They're going to be used where they need to go. And uh, hopefully they're going to a team I like and, you know, not going to play for some terrible person. But, yeah, we watch them in the NFL for sure. Wow, that's really interesting. I, I didn't know all that. I got to um, – I got to uh, – I don't know if I've shared this story before, but I went to Vegas one year, and we were at the Wet Republic pool party, and we had stayed at the Luxor. Have you ever been out to Vegas? I have not. Oh, Probably that is – for good reason. Uh, <laughs> Man, I tell everybody, you got to go to Vegas. This, well, I'm also a little crazy because I love to gamble and whatnot, but it's just such a great time. It is, uh, it, it's, it's a playground for adults is the best way to explain it. Um, without getting too edgy, we were, we were at the Wet Republic pool party, and we stayed at the Luxor one year, and they had these like pyramid hats because the Luxor, it's the Pyramid Hotel if you've ever seen it, uh, mm -hmm. just like uh, Outlook of Vegas and whatnot. It's, it's a really, really nice hotel. It's probably the nicest cheap hotel you could stay at that's, like, popular, if that makes sense. Yeah. And my buddy Ferg uh, bought this pyramid hat, and it was ridiculous. It looked like a sombrero. It was, like, the size of a sombrero, but it was a Jesus. pyramid. And he's in the pool, and he's talking to some dude. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes, like, walks over to me. He goes, hey, man, that, is that your boy over there with the hat? I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, man, that, that hat sticks out like a sore thumb and whatnot. And then I recognized his tattoos. It was Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram and then I just like start talking to it and uh I just try to keep my composure and whatnot and and I've learned not to like super fanboy out when you yep. meet someone famous because they really appreciate that and yep. uh I'm just talking with him and whatnot and I was like hey man look I, I don't want to make a scene but I know who you are I'm a big fan of your work and whatnot and always always guys when you meet an athlete just tell them they were on your fantasy team the one year that he crushed it and then <laughs> it just like goes over well 
And uh, yeah, we were just chilling with Mark Ingram for a little bit, and it was cool. He was, was a super cool dude. What kind of interactions have you had with players? You, as <laughs> as someone that was, you know, you worked on the sidelines and you did some uh, media coverage for them and whatnot. How how are the players knowing that they're like the man? It's funny because you see them and you're like, oh my god, there's these like huge dudes, and you expect them to be like men, right? But honestly, it's like when you meet them, you have to remember. They're anywhere from, you know, 18 to 22-year-old to dudes. Right. So think about an 18-year-old boy that just graduated from high school. Um, yeah, he looks like a man-child, but he's still, I mean, he's, he's a kid. But I, uh, I've i interviewed, yeah, I got to interview some cool people. I got to go to two different pro days. Um, I was there every Wednesday night for Nick Saban press conferences, so some of my favorite memories are just sitting in the back of a press conference watching Nick Saban chew somebody's ass um, because I would get to see it before it went viral on the internet. Uh, I got one of my favorite memories is I was at pro day. And as you can imagine, there's not a lot of women at pro day. Mm-hmm. So it was me and, and one other girl. And I'm obviously significantly smaller than everybody there. Uh, ESPN sports centers there. They're set up. We've got everybody there. And we go into the weight room to start watching the guys do weights. And I'm trying, I, you know, I got a camera on my shoulder. I got a mic in my hand and I'm trying to get up towards the front so I can see, uh, he was one of our former tight ends, Brian Vogler, uh, do his, his presses. And so I'm trying to get towards the front and somebody walks in front of me and I look up and I notice that it's, uh, one of our former safeties, Vinny Sanceri. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell Vinny Sanceri to move. Like, this is his friend. He wants to watch him. It'll be fine. But I'm kind of leaning, trying to get around him a little bit. And then I feel a tap on my shoulder, and it's the person behind me. And it's Kevin Norwood, one of our wide receivers. Um, And he had already uh, left at this point. But he said, hey, you know, can you see? And I was like, it's okay. No big deal. And he's like, Vinny, Vinny, get the hell out of the way. (laughs) And Vinny, Vinny turns around, and he's like, what? And Kevin, I kid you not puts his hands around like my biceps and shoulders and picks me up and puts me in front of Vinny Sinceri. He goes, there you go. And I was like, thanks, Kevin. Thank, <laughs> thank you. He did you a and solid so you could get the, get your job done. <laughs> I was like, thanks, man. Um, you could have just pushed me forward. You don't have to pick me up. But cool. Um, I've seen someone sneeze on Nick Saban and we all like gasped and tried to make sure he wasn't going to rip her head off. Um, seen Blake Sims rapping at a fraternity house with Trinidad James. <laughs> you want to um, talk about two legendary people being mentioned. I think that's like an all timer on the podcast. <laughs> Blake Sims. Oh man. I remember the Blake Sims era. That was, yep. Uh, don't we all, yeah. um, I've been to frat parties with Derek Henry. Um, how, how big is that guy? Dude. Like, there's always, uh, I I hate to cut you off, but that photo that, like, went viral where it's, like, Mark Ingram came back and he did the coin toss with them. And it's, like, yo, Mark Ingram is, like, he's a power back in the NFL, I would say. Like, he's a guy who, you know, they run him in between the tackles. And at the goal line, he's usually the goal line back for the Saints. And now he's over with Baltimore and they kind of want to do a ground and pound kind of approach to their offense. And it's, like, yo, Derrick Henry looks like a varsity senior and Mark Ingram is a... a a, a senior in like junior high school yeah it's seeing him like when he was a true freshman was insane he's absolutely massive and yeah i'm five five like i'm little 
but this dude is just packed with muscle. He's just as big as he seems, probably bigger. Um, and then Bo Scarborough, I don't know if you remember Bo Scarborough. I do, actually, yeah. Dude, Bo was bigger than Derek. That's how big Bo was. It's like everyone thought Derek was huge, and then Bo Scarborough walks in, and you're like, holy shit. This, this kid looks like he could make Derek Henry call him daddy. Like, it's insane. <laughs> Um, I think probably the biggest person I interviewed was um, Ari and Cyrus Quandro, the brothers. Um, they were on offense, offensive tackles for Alabama. And there's this picture of me at Pro Day trying to get my mic high enough to reach their face. And um, you can't even get us in the same camera frame because they're so much bigger than me. Oh, man, that's that's definitely a funny ass picture to 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 see. Yeah, it's it's a good one, um, but probably my favorite person ever getting to interview on the sidelines of Bama was during the Alabama-Texas A&M game. I actually got to help interview Alex Rodriguez. Oh, the baseball player? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yep. Um, Alex came, his girlfriend at the time, before he's with J-Lo. Um, her cousin or somebody was uh, a frat guy at Alabama, so they came to the Texas A&M game and, and got a box there. And he was down on the sidelines, and I had gotten really used to seeing, you know, quote-unquote famous athletes and interviewing them, but not going to lie, a little little bit of me inside fangirl seeing Alex Rodriguez. Oh, that's one of the most iconic baseball players maybe ever. So I definitely, yeah. I definitely feel you on that. All right, uh, before we move on, I need to take some time to plug a couple things. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. The Patreon page has been pumping. We have our August episodes on there. But more importantly, if you guys want to get in the NFL Pick'em Pool, we ran it last year. Last year, we gave a prize out of $200. This year, we're going to up the prize. And there's going to be a lot more contests being run on a monthly basis from money to merch to maybe even a Patreon exclusive where one of you knuckleheads might end up on the show. Who knows? We're going to be having some fun with this one. So if you haven't checked out the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. Go on there for a nice small donation. There are a lot of cool things on there. There's a Discord server where we get all the questions for people's podcasts. And I have a couple questions, Jesse, from fans, which we'll get to at the end. And that is exclusive from the patrons because their support has been taken to another level, it's only right that we show them as much love as we can. So it's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. If you want to check that out, you must be an August Patreon member to be in the NFL Pick'em Pool. Week one is fast approaching, and then the contest is going to lock upon week one. So get in the pool, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. And I've been getting hit up for merch theloyalist.com slash veterans minimum. Check that out. Shirts, sweaters, the whole nine. <laughs> All right, Jesse, I've been from the time that we actually finalized and getting you on the podcast. Um, you know, after talking to you last week and you're like, yeah, I'm down to do the show and whatnot. This has been a question that I, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit. I don't really prepare when I do interviews like I do. But I'm I'm a big feel and vibe guy and energy and you know there are certain things someone might say and that might bring up another 
topic of conversation. With all that being said, this one I actually prepared because I think of all the people that I've asked this question, you bring quite possibly the most unique perspective here. As a woman, the future of football has been in question over the last couple of years with the emergence of CTE and just how dangerous the sport is, right? I remember when I was playing football, high school football, it took a lot for my mom to sign that waiver for me to go play. And, you know, it's completely different with the South being as big as it is in football. And I think the ultimately football is going to be fine because you have the South and you have Texas and California and Ohio. But, like, in New York City, it's kind of dying. It's a dying breed if you play football in high school programs. Uh, I know I, I know, I'm, I'm talking a lot here, but as as a woman who's a diehard football fan and you're from the South and, you know, you talked about your, your mom being super passionate about it and your family – how do you feel as someone that, you know, one day you might have a young boy, a young Bama fan, and, like, he wants to play football. How do you feel about all that in that conversation? Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand the concerns. Um, it's hard to ignore the things that are happening around the NFL and college. And I think, you know, with the rules now, they're trying really hard to make sure that People are as safe as possible, but things are going to happen. Obviously, it doesn't matter how many helmets you change. Um, it doesn't matter how many rules you change, what you do with targeting. It, you still have, you know, a man who is six foot four, over 200 pounds coming at you as fast as he can and, and trying to rock your world. So I get it. I, I definitely get it. However, as a woman, there's just no doubt in my mind that if I had a kid that said, you know, mom, I want to play. I would never want to take that experience away from him. It's so special in the South. I mean, there are a hundred different country songs written about the boys of fall and uh, that brotherhood there. And even as someone who in high school did athletic training for sports and who did news team and all that jazz and who was in the stands, you know, I was one of those people in high school. We would paint ourselves for the high school games Friday night lights are such a big deal in the South. It's, it's such a family. It's such a town affair. It's something that is so unifying. Um, sports are, I think sports are in general. Sports are some of the most unifying things that people can come together around. It doesn't matter where you're from, what you make, um, you know, what color you are. It doesn't matter. You get unified over this passion, this common thing. So, I would never want to take that experience away from them. I mean, if you think about it, most of the time your kid's going to play when they're little up until high school, and maybe they don't want to play in high school anymore. But it, chances are they're not going to go to college to play it. They're not going to go to the NFL. That percentage is so small. Right. But it, it to me, it's just that that passion, that unity, and, and those experiences that come out of sports and football in particular – I would never want to say, no, you can't do that. You know, your kid can fall off their bike or can be running around outside in the backyard and get hit by a tree limb. It, it shit happens. And, um, you know, they're trying their best to, to do what they can to prevent it, but things are going to happen and, and you just got to live. I guess that's the, the rough and tough Southern girl in me, but let them play y'all let them play. You know, it's, a couple of years ago, the, the NFL did a partnership with, like, uh, I believe it was, like, Victoria's Secret, and they started putting out merch for, um, you know, like, Alyssa Mil Milano, I think her name was. Mm -hmm. uh, she did, like, a huge, like, catalog on, like, wearing NFL merch and whatnot, and they started really marketing 
to women more than they ever did before. And I think one of the big reasons why, because if you line up the timetable, that was around the time when like CTE really took off. So, and I know a couple of people in the NFL and they told me that, you know, one of the big reasons why they did that is because, you know, who has children, women do. So if a woman is a big fan of football, it might be easier for her to say yes when the time comes for her son to want to play football. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, I know girls my age, you know, in their mid-20s and everything, and they're not football fans. And if you asked them, you know, would you let your son play, they'd probably be like, oh, gosh, no. Right. Oh, gosh, no. I am so passionate about it and so passionate about the culture. Um, and you bring out the Victoria's Secret stuff, and this is just going to be my small soapbox for a minute. Um, the floor is yours. Dear NFL, dear MLB, dear CBLA, NHL, whoever you are. Because it does not mean that we need our gear to be pink. I am a fan <laughs> just like anyone else. I do not need glitter. I do not need sparkles. I don't need it in pink or purple. I want to wear my team's colors in the colors that they are. So stop making everything pink and sparkly. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I- I'm with you on that. I um. I think it's dope when it's like the actual team colors. Like, why why do they have to do that? But you know, they also do the whole the, the pink stuff for uh, D'Angelo Williams. His mother was the one who really pushed on you know the whole breast cancer awareness month. So like that, I kind of understand because I have a pink giant shirt yeah. also. Oh, that I get. Yeah, but I hear what you're saying. Like, not everything needs to be those kind of colors. No, I buy all the men's stuff. Like, oh, my jerseys are dudes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it does. It, I, I hear what you're saying on that. So, you know, it's it's funny because you mentioned the the brotherhood and whatnot. And I recently had my high school football coach on an episode and I talked to him about that. And, you know, I asked him that question because he has a young son. And, you know, he asked me that question, too. How like how would I feel? And Jesse, to be honest with you, I don't know. I would have to like really think about it because the lessons that I learned playing football and playing uh for two individuals that really cared about what was best for me and whatnot um it's lessons that i take with me on an everyday like lifestyle you know i don't really remember what my chemistry teacher taught me in my junior year uh spoiler i also sucked in chemistry but (laughs) that's besides the point like i just think that impact is so significant uh i think if i was to power rank the top five most influential people in my life there both my coaches are in the top five you know so i do think from that standpoint i would definitely want them to do it because i do think with football it's completely different from all the other sports and i played a bunch of other sports and i also played it at a you know pretty high level i played on a travel soccer team where i got to travel the, the country and the world and whatnot and it's like it's just a different it's a different vibe when you're playing football because you know, that guy is blocking for my success and he's literally throwing his body around to protect me. Yep. Or this guy is hoping you can take on two blockers so that I can make the tackle and I can be the star. So it's a different kind of respect amongst athletes and football players, I think, from other sports. Yeah, and football is, I mean, I remember my senior year, like I was friends with most of the football team and their last game, I mean, they're crying because it's their last time they're ever going to play on that field. And we're all crying with them um, because it's just, it's such a family. And I think, especially with football, um, a lot of other sports, it's harder to get into. There's a lot of kids don't play, you know, soccer or baseball because 
it's so expensive to yes, play. Yes. Not that it's not expensive to play football, but you have more access to it, especially in the United States. And so kids get, they get exposed to so many different kinds of people that normally they probably would never, ever get exposed to. And I think that's such a great thing. I mean, yeah, going back to that unity, it's just, it's football's a great way to expand your horizons, I think, and, and talk to different kinds of people and, and really bond with people. Yeah, and one of uh, you you bring up a hell of a point about the cost of it because, you know, I'm a big I'm a big soccer fan and and I love the U.S. men's national team probably more than I like any other sports team and it might be a surprise to a lot of people just because of, you know, for as big of a Giants fan as I am, the U.S. men's team is like it's like a national thing, you know, it's like yeah. patriotism and whatnot, and then also soccer was always my first love. Uh, from watching it when I was younger with my pops and I continue to still watch like English Premier League games and whatnot. And every time there's a big like international tournament, always on the couch with the old man. So it's just a different type of love and appreciation for it. But, you know, you want to sign up your kid for a summer soccer team or a travel team. It's going to cost you like thousands of dollars. And yep. I've had a lot of customers who I, I interviewed one of my customers who played soccer at Wisconsin in the 90s. And he's like, dude, I have three kids and. You're looking at like around ten thousand dollars for summer soccer, and he's like, "Look, I I'm, I do pretty well for myself, but still, that's like, all right, you guys want to do that? You're not going to be able to go to Florida with us, you know? Like, we can't go yeah. to Disney or go to the Bahamas. It's like it's a big sacrifice. And yeah, with football, it's it's relatively cheaper compared to other sports, where for the most part, the schools supply the the pads and the helmets. Obviously, it's like yeah. you need a pair of gloves. They might even supply that to you." Um, yeah, I mean, well, even if you play like a rec league, rec league's going to be significantly cheaper than, you know, soccer or baseball. Baseball, everybody's got to have a bat. You got to have a glove. You probably have to have a few different kinds of gloves. You got to have turf shoes, cleat. I mean, it's a whole thing. And you're not just going to, I mean, those aren't one size fit all. So that's why if you look at how America does on a national stage, I mean, look at soccer because it's so expensive to play here and it's not wildly accessible that's why no offense to our men's national team but we don't do as well right um and there's other options that are much more accessible for you know young boys to play like uh american football Um, whereas our girls that's why we do a hell of a lot better because there's not as many sports for girls to play so soccer is something they gravitate towards oh yeah and and there's the women's soccer playing. team is so badass. I love it. Shout out to U.S. Women's National Team. Um, Megan Rapino, you're my girl. Yeah, just just everything about them. Like, they just, like, they took no shit from everyone. People were, like, outraged about the shellacking they put on Thailand. And it's just, like, you know, they had the big bullseye on their back from the beginning because, like, the U.S. Women's National Team is literally what the u.s men's basketball team is right like they're the cream of the crop and they're the ones that go in there and they just run rough shop and they were taking you know kicking ass and taking names as they say so shout out to them all right uh as we wind down here i got a couple questions from some fans uh if we can get to so this one is from my guy young tequila from the discord shout out to him what is the most overrated conference, and why do we hate on Alabama for having an easy schedule every year? Um, I purposely picked this question because of the last part. Exactly. I'll answer the first part first. Um, I think the Big 12 is super overrated. Um, you guys don't play defense. You might as well not even 
have those guys on the field, you can save up a lot of scholarship money because you don't do anything. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Oklahoma, look at how many points they score. Yeah, it's really easy to score when there's no defense. Um, Jalen Hurts is about to run over everybody and ask himself why he went to the SEC in the first place because, um, like you heard uh, our guy on our podcast say, it's like playing Madden with a cheat code. So, Big 12, overrated. Wow, you're gonna have some. Uh, you're gonna have a lot of heat coming your way. Let me tell you, because there are some people. I, know. I was so surprised when I told people that I was gonna, you know, talk to someone about college football. Like I got a huge, huge uh, uh, engagement. A lot of people reached out, so they were excited for that. So, all right, Big Twelve. Um, um, why do you hate on Alabama so much for having easy cupcake? And like I said, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, but everybody gets mad at Alabama because we have set such a standard. Um, we are everyone's favorite to hate or to love. And whether you love us or hate us, you know that we're really good. So you get aggravated when we don't play people that you think are up to par. But when people play us, they get better because in order to be the best, you have to beat the best. And whether it's a cupcake school or another SEC school or another, you know, out of conference big guy, it doesn't matter because like I said, when we go to those bowl games, when we go to, playoffs we still do well so whether it's a cupcake or a guy we're still winning those games so it shouldn't really matter who we schedule you know you bring up the big 12 and i just remembered how i would be very careful with the texas longhorns hype this year mm-hmm. and i think it's a huge huge overreaction to them beating georgia in the sugar bowl and like yeah. georgia i just think got like so with this college football playoff the only downside i think is for teams like georgia teams like ohio state uh penn state a couple years ago when they just like missed the cutoff it's Mm -hmm. like how am i gonna get up for like a new year's six bowl where it doesn't really matter anymore that's exactly what happened to georgia that is it to a t they played and it didn't happen and i think to them they felt like they already played you know in the natty or their version of the natty and they didn't take it seriously and they probably just didn't want to be there because at that point it didn't really matter the guys that were going to go to the nfl draft were already set to go and uh we're already kind of checked out so yeah you're exactly right yeah i would just uh since, since you know I, I just thought about it now because um someone asked me about the longhorns and whatnot because they're getting a lot of money being wagered on them at a lot of sports books and then you mentioned the Big 12, so I just thought it was very fitting. Uh, all right, one more question, and then we will wrap up the show. But before we get to that, I do want to, to the ladies, the lovely ladies that are fans of EM, please chime in on that part of the conversation about uh, how would you feel as a mother to a young boy playing football? I'm curious to see what kind of response. At Veterans Minimum is the show handle. Tweet us, Instagram us. If you're in the Discord, hit us up there. I would love to hear some of these responses. All right, Burnsy, here's my question. What should someone who's never paid attention to college football do in order to get engulfed? Where does it all start, and what should one do to remain interested? Honestly, I think one of the best things you can do is go to a game. Mm. Um, Yeah, you got to go to a game. You got to experience it. It's so different watching it on TV than it is you know, being there. Now, granted, I love to watch it on TV. I'll watch it. I watch reruns of the SEC games until my team comes on again. So 
go to a game and once you find like whatever team it is, it doesn't matter. If you want to bandwagon a team, you don't have one, go do that. It who cares? Pick a team and then once you pick that team, go all in. Like you you just have to go all in. Start reading about it. Start learning the stories of the players because there are some players out there in college NFL and they have amazing, amazing story personal stories that make you want to root for them. Um, and then start going to their games and just, you know, get notifications on your phone, play fantasy football. It's amazing how engulfed you can get in football when you start playing fantasy. Um, it's, it's super cool. And yeah, but the first thing I would say is just, you got to go to a game. Interesting because the way, the way it worked for me is, you know, Bernsey take this with a grain of salt because we've mentioned many, many times that I'm a piece of shit and I like to gamble. Uh, dude, pick a team. You know, I told my buddy Impy, who's who's on the show, all, you know, pretty much all the time, maybe co-host and whatnot. But you know, he's wanted to get interested in the English Premier League, and I'm like, dude, just pick a team and just start watching them. So I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. How like that's the easiest thing. Just pick a team. Uh, you want to pick a good team? Cool. It'll be less stressful for you. Uh, you know, as a as a Mets, Rangers, and Knicks fan, it's it sucked a lot. You know, and as a Giants fan, the last couple of years, it's not been too kind. Um, but yeah, just pick a team, follow them. You know, I told, uh, um, Impy, if you want, you know, you could be like a, uh, you could be like a West Ham fan out in the Premier League. It's like, you know, they, they pull some upsets every now and then, but for the most part, they're not like a juggernaut, you know, and, or follow players. If there's a player like, like Jesse said, where you hear their story and you might be fascinated by it, whether good or bad, you know, and just, just go all in like that. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I didn't have an NFL team growing up. My sister got married, and she married a Steelers fan, so she adapted the Steelers. Um, my brother, for some ungodly reason, picked the Jets very at a very young age. But he's with them, and he's still a Jets fan, so shout out to him for uh, sticking with them, because that's not easy. And uh, for me, in high school, you know, I started getting into the NFL, because I was like, all right, I'm watching my college guys, now I need to... I need to step into the NFL and I didn't know who to follow. Cause like I said, my parents don't care. Um, my sister was pulling for one team, my brother for the other. And, uh, I was like, all right, so what are we going to do? And this is going to sound stupid, but if you want a bandwagon bandwagon, and I decided I was going to bandwagon the Patriots and I'm going to ride that Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski train till the wheels fall off. Um, and it just so happens that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are very good right. friends. Right, yeah, yeah. And uh, now we have some Bama guys on the team, and, and it's awesome. I mean, I've, I've stuck with them since I was like a freshman in high school, and I love it. And, of course, everybody hears I'm a Bama fan, and fan, and they like to give me shit. But I was born into Bama, but I picked the Pats. Yeah, and it's funny because I've always read stories about how Bill Belichick gets in touch with Nick Saban in the offseason before the draft, and – he uh, gets a lot of insight on SEC players. I think Bill Belichick and the Patriots have drafted the most SEC players uh, ever since Nick Saban became the head coach at Bama. So Yeah, it's... and I mean, uh, Nick Saban also sent some of his coaching staff to train in the offseason uh, with Belichick. He's sent Kirby Smart up there. About so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, you'll notice a lot of similarities in the way that they run their programs. Well, Jesse, it was a pleasure. And I appreciate you taking time to come on the podcast. I think people are going to enjoy this conversation about 
uh, football in the South because I was genuinely uh, intrigued by all of it. Because as someone who's never been to the South for a football game, doesn't understand the culture, I always like giving people interesting. And I think that this is what this conversation was. So thank you for joining Veterans Minimum. Where can they find you? Uh, tell us the name of the podcast, social media handles. Uh, I don't know. You want to give out your PayPal. Maybe someone sends you money, whatever. <laughs> just plug yeah, away. Just throw my Venmo. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Like I said, this is so exciting for money to listen to it um, and got in touch with you guys on Twitter and just uh, kind of started a friendship that way. It's, it's awesome. And they do such a great job. So thank you guys. But you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at Jesse Lee Russell. Um, so J E S S I. Note on that one. Um, and then if you want to listen to our SEC football podcast, uh, Matt, Wes, and I would love that. It is Pigskins and Pageantry. So you can find us on Instagram at Pigskins and Pageantry. Same with Facebook. And then on Twitter, we are PPSEC Pod. I'll make sure to have the handles for everything. Uh, when I post the episode and it'll be in the description of the episode as far as I go guys you know at the lamp show you know the vibes Twitter Instagram all that I stole MP's line but I'm sure he won't be upset about that and most importantly at veterans minimum is the handle for the show we will you all you guys will hear from us later this week Jesse once again thank you and to everyone listening we'll catch you guys next time Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.